Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DRW. Today, we have a very special guest and a friend, Corbin. Um, but first off, we have his mom here, Jackie Rafferty, and her and I are connected way back to when both of us worked in behavioral health in our local community. So Jackie, could you give us a brief introduction of yourself? Yes. Hi, friends. I am so excited to be here and to have this conversation. I've been telling everyone about it all week, so I'm pretty I'm pretty excited. Um, so my name is Jackie and I have a master's in marriage and family therapy. I have worked in community mental health where I just started. I had an interest in behavioral health and then it really kind of drilled down to the zero to five area. Um, and my real interest um, is in perinatal mood disorders and how they affect bonding and attachment and family dynamics. Um, but I currently am the assistant director at Cactus Run Co-op Preschool in Sierra Vista. Um, and that is kind of the closest, like the most adjacent to behavioral health and using my zero to five knowledge that I can get that uh, I have the mental and emotional capacity to do as a mom of three. So, so yeah, that's where that's where we're coming from. Yeah, and this is Corbin or Marshall. You know, you could call him, call him either one, and he'll answer. Yes. So, in your journey of starting in moving into early childhood, what what was it that interests you to say I want to understand a little bit more about birth to five, in the social emotional realm? So when I was in graduate school, I had a professor and she did a presentation um, at one of our, we did these like symposium things, they called them colloquia. And so because it was a distance learning program, we would go and meet in person and get those like in person contact hours, which I think if a lot of people do distance learning programs now are pretty familiar with that. But um, she did a presentation on infant toddler mental health and talked about how she worked with um, like CPS workers. She did reflective supervision with them. And that was the first time I had heard of reflective supervision. Um, and so when I came back from that, <coughs> excuse me, experience, he's like trying to push all the buttons. Hey buddy, you can play on the computer when I'm done, okay? Um, I came back from that experience and I started asking, so where is this in our community? What does this look like here? Um, and the best answer I got was best for babies. Talk to somebody at Blake yes. and, and, that, and that was it. And so um, for my master's thesis, um, I, I started taking it upon myself to just kind of dive more into that to see what we could bring to our community because I realized how much of an impact working i mean that was really more specific zero to three um but now it's really for me personally has expanded zero to five mm -hmm. um and my you know desire to really dive deep into how do we support this age group how do we support families in this age group um you know because each family has different needs in general but zero to five kiddos really have a special set of of needs you probably don't need to drink coffee 
So did you find in doing your research in connecting with Best for Babies, um, after making that connection, what did you realize was happening in the community? I realized that our community was treating infants more or less the same way they were treating a six-year-old in the court system in particular um, and in foster care and in visitation um, and not recognizing that an infant, you know, like you think just those first 12 months, if we're going to talk, define that as infancy, especially as a parent now, I think like, how can you take my baby from me and only let me see them two to three times a week? Right. Like, I am their person. I'm their person. I give them everything. I'm responsible for their everything. And, you know, to disrupt that system, whether it's, you know, whether it's unhealthy and dangerous, you know, I still feel like you, you have to keep that relationship. And there was a lack of recognition of the importance of relationships for these young kiddos that I think was really lacking. And that's what um, really pushed me to want to get more involved and, and learn more and do more and be an advocate in that area. Absolutely. So after figuring, establishing that were you able to, um, what impact or what changes were you able to make in doing that type of work and realizing like the relationship is so important between baby and parent? Um, and I say parent because it's just as important to me as mother or father. Um, yes. But how do, do you feel like you were able to, do you feel like you had any cases where in recognizing those changes and actually trying to implement them, all the impact, like the positive impact of understanding the importance of relationship? I do. So one of the things that I advocated for doing and I put myself in a position to do is when I was finally a clinician, when I was a therapist, and I could say, you know, I'm working with this family who, you know, there's an infant and a mother that I effectively made myself their visit supervisor. And so I could, what are you doing, bud? <laughs> I was able to convince my supervisor that this is a really great way to get a lot of contact time. Hey buddy, those are mine. I know they're so fun, so fun. Um, that I could basically get a lot of contact hours. I could get a lot of billing out of doing that, you know, because unfortunately, community mental health is a business and how many hours we could bill was very important. Right. And I said, look, like I could basically guarantee myself three to five hours a week right. of contact time with this family and, and really work with them and explain to, you know, and, you know, and get that time in and, you know, guarantee that this mother and child had the opportunity to maintain their connection and, adapt their relationship to make it stronger. And um, so I was able to do that with a couple of families before I ended up getting pregnant and going on maternity leave. And then I ended up not going back to work. Um, but that was something that I was able to do that I felt like the, the caseworkers in that situation were like, oh, well, this is great. Like someone who actually understands what's going on um, in a different way than a supervised, like 
just a visit supervisor who's just literally watching and taking notes. This is someone who can intervene, who can talk mom through, you know, where she's struggling in, you know, in this particular interaction while the baby is crying. What's making her frustrated? What's hindering her from, you know, going to her child and meeting their needs? And so we were able to make some progress through the case while I was doing those sorts of services. That is amazing. So one of the other things you mentioned early on is the concept of reflective supervision. So much like you, I had never heard of this until about nine, about nine years ago, because I was working at Easter Seals Blake doing early intervention. And as you know, at that particular time in the community that we reside in, um, I feel like we had a very strong like early childhood education um, support mm-hmm. system, whereas now it's it's kind of like, well, who would I go to for reflective supervision? But I guess I want to know what was your thoughts or could you define what reflective supervision is and what was your thoughts once you actually experienced it and how much does it impact the work that you do with children now? So for me, the way that I define reflective supervision is the process of, it's the process of like going through, parceling out my feelings and my experiences in working with my family's clients, however you want to term the people you're working with. Um, And so because we're human and we have feelings and we have experiences that we bring to the table, And so it's making sure that we're not, that whatever feelings are being brought up um, are getting processed and they are not interfering with the therapeutic process of working with those, with those families. And it was, it was a really eye-opening experience because everyone always laughed, you know, when we're in graduate school, like, oh, the best therapists have their own therapists. And Mm -hmm. so this was kind of like the more professional, like healthy recognition of that. Like it wasn't supposed to be like, oh, being a therapist, you know, makes you need therapy. It's more of the um, kind of like that transparent response to we're just human and doing this very deeply emotional work has an emotional impact on you. And in order to keep doing the work and to avoid burnout, you have to deal with that. Yes, yes. I will say for anyone that's watching or listening to this, if you're doing any kind of political work and you don't have a counselor, I'm just going to say this from experience. When you leave that type of work, you're still going to need to seek help, especially for you, my friend. Capacity of how you were working with children. Um, I'll never forget the doctor saying to me four years ago, um, because of the work that you were doing, because he basically compared like the work of what you and I were doing. Where is your phone, mommy? It's like being, how did he say? It was like being like a crime detective and just putting yourself in like trauma spaces over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so the doctor was like, you need to talk to someone because it's going to come out. And sure enough, it, it was coming out over time. And I think what's interesting after just, taking the time to take care of myself um now four years later um i find myself that i actually have feelings again right 
survive whatever work that I was doing. Um, and I always joke because my husband and daughter are like, you're, you're just always crying because I never really cried before, but I had to find a way to survive that like day in and day out of trauma. You know what I mean? I don't know if you yes. can speak to that. Yes, that the secondary trauma of supporting other people through trauma is real. And I think that as professionals, we oftentimes that doesn't get explained to you before you begin. And I feel like that's almost like a protective mechanism for the field, but they're like, we're not, we're not going to tell you about any of the bad, you know, the bad side effects of being in this space because, um, but I feel like that, that is a disservice because then you have people who they want to come in and they want to do this work. Sorry, I'm trying to put on the show for him so that he, he feels a little bit more um, entertained than listening to me talk. And, um, and so I wish we did have more people say like, look, like th this is going to be hard work, but it's going to be worth it to do the work. Um, and you just need to have the right tools in your toolkit in order to do the work. And that's, I feel like you could probably draw a lot of parallels to what's going on socially in our world using that same, um, you know, listening to so many um, activists talk right now, I feel like that, you know, like having the tools to do the work allows you to keep doing the work. And, um, and I don't know that, that without, that without having gone through the, that like draining piece of doing the work that I wouldn't be such an advocate for having a counselor, having, you know, solid trustworthy friends that you can, I don't want to say commiserate because that's not the right word, but that you can support each other, that right. you can, you know, swap stories. And um, because without structured reflective supervision, you need to be able to process some of that stuff um, with people who you are like ethically allowed to do that with, you know, because of HIPAA and whatnot um, right. and FERPA, but, um, you know, but just to have that camaraderie that you know, more or less, it's it's a sisterhood because so many of us doing this work are women. Um, not to exclude um, anyone who is not a woman doing this work, um, but it does tend to be more women than it does any other gender. Yes, great points. So another piece that you brought up is the work that you're doing now, um, being on the board. So can you describe a little bit more about what your role is now in early childhood? <laughs> And here's another monkey. Can you say hi, Grange? <laughs> yes, yes. And you may see the baby later. She may pop in. Oh my She's God. Sad right now. But yeah. um, so right now I am the assistant director or assistant to the director, I think is my title. Very Dwight Schrute. Um, that I am responsible for helping enroll all of the students into Cactus Run. Um, so my job is to meet with families and learn what their expectations for preschool are and talk about the type of program that we have and um, what they can expect their student to be doing um, when parents have issues with what, something going on at school. Um, we meet with them. If teachers are having problems in the classroom, we work together um, as a team to try to I've really brought in that kind of child family team meeting feel to 
when kids are struggling in the classroom, it, it isn't just like a discipline issue. This is a, you know, is there something going on at home? Like we need more information. We can't just say like, this is happening in a classroom. It doesn't necessarily just happen in a bubble. There's very likely if we, if we just ask a couple of questions, we'll probably get a lot more helpful information. Yes. Hold on one second. What's up, buddy? Can I go get the baby blooper? No, you don't need to get there. She's okay. She's with daddy. <laughs> so do you feel like um, with your expertise in going and working at Cactus Rin as their assistant director, that maybe you're bringing more of a family-centered type of approach to their program? That's my goal. That's, that's, that's certainly my intention. I, it's hard to judge because of COVID. Um, we have not had the same opportunities to connect with families and the same opportunities to build those relationships to really bring more parents into the school um, as I would like. Um, so I'm hopeful that, you know, maybe next school year we'll get to see a little bit more, but um, something that that we have started doing because of the special needs preschool at the public school here, they've gone through a lot of changes mm -hmm. and we are starting to see a lot of families come to us from the special needs preschool saying, can you help us? Can you, can you give our child the support that they need? Um, we can't provide the specialized services necessarily, but we have been able to to bring in some of those students who may not be, you know, a, a mainstream child or a child with typical development, um, but we have been able to make some accommodations and work with some families um, by educating our staff and by supporting our teachers and by um, we've been able to hire one extra staff who can kind of be a one-on-one -on -one during more like hands-on times of the day, um, and it it does help our families feel more connected. Um, some of the teachers are like, I have to go to another meeting. <laughs> yes, because you're the one who runs the classroom and I, I, need, I need you to be there and, and share with us what's going on. You know, your notes and a conversation between the two of us doesn't go as far as you, the teacher, speaking to the family and having someone to kind of navigate the in-between, like wherever that gap is where, the family might not be understanding or the family might be frustrated and you know maybe the teacher is frustrated you know that we have to almost have like a mediator a facilitator to to make sure that the students that come to our school are successful and Absolutely. that has that definitely is my behavioral health training coming in and <laughs> and making that happen i could definitely hear that um one of our friends mutual friends well good friends i won't mention her name but her and I both went in, we left, um, she left early intervention, I left behavioral health, and we both went in to early childhood special ed. And it's really interesting because we brought those skills that we gained from doing the work that we've been doing. And, mm -hmm. um, and it, it is kind of, I feel like it can be overwhelming for those that aren't used to that type of a system. But I'm yeah. like, I don't see how this is working without doing it. Right, right. Working collectively as a group or more of a system versus um, 
you know, like the administrator telling everybody what to do and not really understanding all of the different dynamics that are going on in the classroom with the family, with the teacher, with the student. Um, it just seems to make a huge difference when you can make it more family centered and child centered and figure out like where's the breakdown in these systems versus students being suspended or expelled from preschool because ultimately it'll lead to that once they get You know what I mean? I feel like it's more. Is that a baby coming in? It is a baby. Oh my gosh. I have to be distracted. I have to. <laughs> Every baby Jackie has had, I have met the baby. Rowan is the only one that I have not met. And I'm so bummed. It's just like, and she's already one. I know she is. She's a big girl, huh? Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> But um, but I just think it's really interesting. I, I feel like in the field of early childhood, especially teaching early childhood courses, I think trying to help educators that have been in the field for a long time, like recognizing that their voice brings value and that they're professionals. And what they have to say is really important, especially for the child's development but especially if there's a child with needs or having behavioral needs. And I is elevated too often. And I don't know if it's just because the profession, I don't know if it's just like a mindset, but I'm like, you hold all the cards. You're the one that's in the class. It's almost like doing, um, I don't know, it's like having a clinician, but the clinician is not a part of the case or conversation of what's going on with the child like it just doesn't make any sense like how can you talk about this child without having all of the parties a part of it how do you feel like you're navigating i guess working with your teachers how have you helped them understand the value of what they're doing because there's value in it you know what i mean so much value i think the what we as an administration have really tried to impress upon our teachers is that is letting them know how important they are and that the knowledge they have is so crucial that and that by letting us in it's going to help them more because right. i think every teacher everyone wants their class to run smoothly everyone wants to feel like they're making an impact on on their students in a positive way and if they're struggling with a student it's like let me let me help you let me help bridge the gap let me help dig a little deeper into what's going on so that you don't have to be so stressed out um, because ultimately, um, you know, unfortunately in rural spaces, rural communities, finding qualified, excellent teaching staff is incredibly difficult to do. So I'd be remiss to say that it isn't also a selfish thing on the part of administration to say, I, I want to get in your classroom and I want to help, not because I think you're doing a poor job, but because I want to make sure that you stay here. Because, because we need you, like you're so important that, that we cannot stand to lose you because I didn't make 
your classroom a priority and you, you as a teacher and then your student who's struggling a priority. Yeah. Um, you know, because we all know that that children, you know, when they struggle mentally and emotionally, it, it comes out as a behavior issue. Yeah. And oh, no, no coffee for you. <laughs> Do you need some water? <laughs> I know. Do you need some water? I'll go find you some. We can find you some water. I bet you your brothers can find a water cup for you. Um, you're going to get her water cup? Okay. Um, and so I think that's, that's for me, that's been the biggest takeaway is impressing upon our staff how, how important they are. And um, I always tell my staff, I want you to feel supported. I want you to feel supported. I want you to know that we back you up that we that we trust your opinion that we trust your information um and and that that's why that's why we're here that's why you're in the classroom and i'm not is because i don't necessarily have that education background to to teach so but i can help you in other ways hey hey i know i think that's just so powerful um i guess my for a closing thought where would you like to see things go or what are some other areas um, that you would like to keep moving towards and have creating that family-centered environment? What would be like the ultimate goal? Like how close do you feel like you're getting there? I would really like to see, I would like to see as many caregivers primary caregivers, whatever relationship to the child they have, I would love to see them come to, come to school. I would love to see them coming and volunteering. I would love to see, I guess to me, like I wanna see it more as a community. So mm -hmm. when kids are leaving at the end of the day, I wanna hear other parents say bye to my child. I wanna hear them saying bye to everybody else's children. Um, because that gives us a sense that we all that we all know each other that we all feel connected to each other and and when we feel connected we get invested right when you get invested things get better and more involved what did you do right. what She's are you like, doing i'm gonna try again <laughs> i'm listening i'm like watching to you yes yes she's entertaining for sure but i think that's really that that's a, that's my goal is I want everyone to get in and I want them to get connected and I want them to get involved and I want them to to prioritize their children's education um, because what they do in preschool isn't just learning ABCs and one two threes it really sets up their foundation for the rest of their schooling and so you know getting that healthy foundation established. <laughs> is is really important yes so so for future professionals in early childhood or um behavioral health or social work what is some advice that you would give to um to a professional oh that's a good question my advice would be get some experience in the field before and be a young professional, like be an early professional before you pursue a graduate degree. That's my first thing. Um, 
because it's there's a lot of romanticizing and about becoming a therapist you know if you watch enough tv and movies everyone goes and sits in this like cush therapist's office and they lay on the couch and you know talk about their feelings and let me tell you being a therapist it looks a whole lot of nothing like that <laughs> um and and also before you do it connect with other ah really 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 um connect with other professionals in your area See if there's a professional group that that offers support, that offers community, so that you start off with a, a group of people who you know you can count on that you can go to for questions. Um, I would have loved to have that. You know, the 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 collective that you know that we're creating and establishing, you know, hopefully will eventually be something that we can offer to a lot of other people and um i wish i i hope that there's there's more of that elsewhere um hey, 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 hey. hey do you want the straw is that what you're upset about you can't have the straw here, go. here, go. there. there we go that's what she wanted she couldn't get it out of the lid <laughs> because it's designed that way <laughs> So happy. So definitely connecting with others that um, are in the field and then perhaps testing out the field before actually going to graduate school. Yes, for sure. Great advice. Well, thank you so much, Jackie, for today. It has been such a pleasure connecting with you and my little friends I haven't seen in person in so long. I know. Um, but this was such a pleasure. I'm so glad that you said yes. And I cannot wait to share this with, um, with the audience. I think it just has so much great value. And I love the fact that, um, that you come from behavioral health, like mental health community, and you're crossing, you're already in early childhood and taking those same skills and making a difference in our community that we live in and building a family-centered um, program. I think that's amazing. So thank you so thank much. You. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It was so nice to chat with you. I miss, I miss our chats. I miss, I miss that. So it fills my cup today. I know. So side note to everyone, Jackie and I would normally do this, like, I would say two to three times a year where we would just like connect. I usually just come to her house and just hang out and we would talk for like two or three hours and then we would do it again in another quarter because life would just happen so i'm missing that too but we connect in other ways now so we have yeah. and um it's not the same but i will take anything versus nothing at all yes i agree and i'm gonna get this little lady a snack and see if we can Get her a little happier. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs>